Get Animate, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed left-handed Rickenbacker 4001 bass, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed robot with a porno mag, Nick Weiger. <laughs> and I'm self-proclaimed god of the black flames, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the premier anime podcast where this week we are talking about early 2000s mega hit. Wow. FLCL, the six-part OVA made by ex-Evangelion people, Gynax. Yes, it's it's if you're looking for it and and you haven't seen it yet, it's it's FLCL. Those letters, like that's what you're going to be looking for on Hulu. And I believe last week's episode we said how to find this thing because it is a little bit of a challenge. But uh, Foodie Cootie, or, or something like that, is, is how it's, I know in English, Foodie Cootie, uh, it's, is, how, is how it's pronounced, yes? Foodie yeah. Cootie. But, uh, but yeah, you're, you're looking for the original 2000-2001 production, not FLCL Alternative, and not FLCL Progressive. We're watching the OG. I FLCL. can't believe we did it again. Like, we, we picked another show... That is hard to like figure out how to watch. Yeah, like if, it's just like 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 uh, coming off the backs of of Harui, and we finally like second season. Okay, this is a little bit more linear and straightforward. And now it's like I I watched an entire episode of Fuli Kuri Alternative before realizing there's no way this is the right show. This <laughs> like <laughs> well, if you would have uh, seen uh, uh, FLCL uh, Progressive, you would have known right away because Flo is in that one. <laughs> Yeah, it's like kind of like a an Avengers of auto insurance mascots. The Geico Gecko is there. Yeah. Uh, the Camel, also from the Geico commercial. And you know who's the big bad? The E-Trade baby. The E-Trade baby is like kind of the bad. And the, and the general kind of is like kind of the, uh, you know, Samuel L. Jackson uh, role, <laughs> yeah. wrangling everyone. <laughs> this is the fastest Heather's been mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be true. No, yeah, yeah, no, we've certainly beaten our own record time and time again. <laughs> it's only before we've started. <laughs> uh so this show, which we'll get into in a in a minute, hard to watch, and I would say hard to understand. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But uh but it, it is really interesting and um and something that was that was pretty much new to me. I mean, Heather, you you Watched this as it aired, yes, or watched this back in the day. I I didn't just watch FLCL as it aired. I would say that FLCL was one of the uh, life changing anime experiences of the early two thousands for me. Wow! And were that I were at home, this would be the moment where I would lift into frame my FLCL mug from the original release in the year two thousand. Wow! Uh, that is colored like. Haruko's Vespa and has the big P logo on it. Um, my very first ever laptop I decorated like her Vespa. I had the little action figure of her Vespa and and her. And then years later when somebody wanted me to join a band, I said the only way I'm going to join a band is if I get to play bass and it's a Rickenbacker. And they mm-hmm. got me a Rickenbacker <laughs> bass. Wow. And I put a big P sticker on it. Can you play the bass? Am I just this is new information? I cannot play the bass. Oh. <laughs> so they just kind of wanted what you bring vibes wise to a band. 
Well, think about think about how um, Sid Vicious couldn't play the bass. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be able to learn enough to be able to make the instrument make the right noises at the right time, but I will never, ever, ever be a competent bass player. And yeah. they were like, that's fine. Well, while we're talking about Sid Vicious real quick, or stop down, there's a wrestler, uh, Sid Justice, and he turned evil and switched promotions, and he got renamed Sid Vicious. And that's another guy's name. You that's can't just so like, funny. <laughs> you can just be another guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would be the opposite of just vicious? Isn't even really like the opposite of justice. Well, but that's the thing with wrestling. It's so much just like a pastiche of just you know ex- of other things that yeah. they're just like ah fuck it whatever. Yeah, he's he's Sid uh, he's, he's Sid vicious now. You know what? The, the Incredible Hulk exists. He's Hulk Hogan. Like they 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 okay, they take yeah, it because yeah. it's derivative and because people can instantly click into it i would have gone sin justice i would have changed that's the good. first part of my that's name pretty good that's, that's really good. good yeah because it's like you're communicating that i'm bad but also i get to keep the justice part because then it's like i'm doing what i think is good but i'm being bad i should be a wrestler yeah get in that wwe writer's room okay from, from the not people struck? i know yeah, <laughs> for the people I uh, no, well they're not they're not union okay <laughs> the people i know who've written for wwe uh not a fun job. No, yeah. <laughs> for everything I've heard and understand about it too, uh, the, the the not fun doesn't stop there. It's yeah. all of it's bad. It's a shame because pro wrestling is just anime booking. It's just sure. like okay, you're gonna set up fights between these two characters and tell their stories over the course of a season, yeah. and then they're gonna have their big fight, and there's probably going to be a surprising betrayal. Mm-hmm. Like it really works. Like a soap opera for boys or an anime. And it's a shame that it doesn't have a little bit more, I don't know, um, uh, cultural cachet. I mean, yeah, I don't feel like I've ever seen the New York times write an article about pro wrestling. And it's so big. It's like, you know, it's the, these are the right now, uh, the, the AEW shows are pretty much like the biggest shows that are airing on cable along, along with, um, with Raw, which I believe WWE Raw, which I believe is still on cable, uh, and then SmackDown is on Fox. So, but like these are they're they're like it's still like huge. It, it's it's the big but invisible thing that happens yeah. with a lot of culture, and honestly, that's yeah. kind of anime. It's getting better with anime, but I think that is still a lot of it. It's just like you know, it it when the Eye of Sauron only goes on to anime and American pop culture when it's like when it's referenced by something like when, you know, Michael B. Jordan was talking about anime in reference to Creed three. That's when we started hearing about it a little bit or when it gets adapted into live action. Yeah. Even though, even, even though then, it's like the biggest fucking thing. Yeah. Even then I feel like the number of times that I heard that lived, I repeat was based on a manga was zero times. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, like when the matrix came out, people were like, I think it's, it's based on Japanese animation. And that was about as as deep as that uh, cachet went. Yeah. But yeah. Do you remember the, the portmanteau Japanimation before I anime? Do. I do yeah. remember that. And I wasn't even like aware of like what anime was kind of like, right. but I do remember that. Well, anime, just a loan word from English for yeah. Animation, but then now it means transferred back into English to mean Japanese animation. Language is wild, guys. There should be a if there's not because here's the thing, dude. And we shouldn't spend too much time on this. It is one of my big regrets that I don't already love wrestling. Like I really like do want to like 
love it and yeah. get, and, and, and get super into it. There should be a wrestling anime if there's not. If there is, I'd love to hear about it. I think that'd be a fun thing to watch. Uh, but if there's not, get on it. It seems there like it'd be of, good. Lots of lots of sports animes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there a wrestling anime? I'm sure there is. There has to be. Yeah, it's it's the um because the thing is it's like the the difficulty with dramatizing something that's said in wrestling mm-hmm. is you either have to like acknowledge that it's you know it that it's scripted, but like that like it plays then then the drama becomes about what's going on backstage. Yeah. And so or you just you just act like it's real in this reality, which is another way to go. It looks um, like there's uh, a I found a list. There's a bunch. There's um uh Kick Heart, Metal Fighting Miku, uh Plastic Model Wrestling Sanshiro. There's a, there's a lot of these. Uh, all right, so Ultimate Muscle, which is on this list. I actually had Ultimate Muscle figures, but did not know what they related to. Oh. Like as a kid, I was just like, "Oh, these are I, I like they looked cool because they look like wrestling guys. Uh, I'm interested in Tiger Mask W. Anyway, that's 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 a different that's a different podcast. That's not what we're here to talk about today. I know that's I not what answered. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Foodie Cootie, which we'll get to in one second. But first, team, what we've been weebin'? What we've been weebin'? Hi, I'm Ash Ketchum, and I'm here to ask you your favorite question, Mata Badaka. I choose you. I'm very. What have cl- you been weebin'? Thank you, Ash. Um, I'm really glad you picked me first. Um, I haven't been watching really anything extra, but I had I got a couple things in the mail recently that I'm very excited to share with you guys. Okay, it's all the way over there, so I can't get it. But I got the um, <laughs> the Evangelion vinyl came in, and I haven't Ooh. had a chance to give it to for a spin yet. But it's a beautiful uh, blue, like a smoky blue vinyl. Very nice. Excited to give that a spin. Uh, at some point this week. But another thing that you can't even really see that I'm wearing it right now, you guys on Zoom see me, I'm wearing a white t-shirt, it looks like, just like a kind of white shirt. Yeah, it looks like a, what I'm I wearing, a, white t-shirt. I'm pretty sure t-shirt. I know what this is, and I'm really excited about it. Let's say... It's a white t-shirt! No. <laughs> <laughs> it's my Chainsaw Man uh, t-shirt. Wow. One of my Chainsaw nice. Man t-shirts Dog that I got. Dog and Chainsaw. Dog and Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. So on the back, you'll see... It's Pochita. There's Pochita. So good. Cute. Pretty good. Really excited about that. I, as, because I don't know. We talk about that. We talk about, obviously, we talk about anime every single week. I've been updating you guys that I've been keeping up with the Chainsaw Man manga. And I sort of feel right now that my two favorite anime things are Evangelion and Chainsaw Man. And like though, and like they're like sort of like tied for number one. And the way that I think about Chainsaw Man constantly is the same way that uh, maybe not it was with as much depth as I do think about Evangelion because there will be occasional stretches of my day where I will consider Evangelion as like a concept, <laughs> like <laughs> and like some of the things and I and some of the ideas I, I think about the human instrumentality project like a lot, like just as an idea. Um like and how to achieve it. How to how to do it, um, and how I could do it. Right. Uh, <laughs> but it just like cause like I just like, you know, I feel like that's like such a uh it's such a heady part of the show, but also it's like it's 
it's it's a big part of it but like when you're watching it it's almost not part of it until it's almost over you're like wait mm. what, wait, what? Right. <laughs> it's uh and so i just think about it a lot as like a um just as an idea and i want to like fully understand it uh and i think i have a pretty good understanding of it from when we talked about it but and i've mentioned this before i'm reading the manga as well and i think i want to i think i want to pair watching rewatching it with reading the manga but i don't know if i'll do both those things i know i'll do one and not the other but uh that's it for me i just it's it's been a big uh weaving uh commerce edition but uh I'll be back to watching stuff, I think. Uh, Commerce edition. Commerce edition. That's right. <laughs> Cha-ching. I've been spending cash. We're capitalists. Yes, sorry. I like products. <laughs> what? What is the... Wait, can I, can I ask you about the fit on that shirt? Because I think that the thing that got me, that stopped me from... We got oh, Heather. Got me. I like products. I like products is very it's funny. Fucking so funny. It's your new hello everyone. Yeah, hey, hey, guess what, everybody? Of catchphrases. It, well, this is also this is a good point too. We uh-huh. should actually capitalize on this. If you are somebody who makes products, send them our way. We'll take products. <laughs> uh, well, the I fit on it. Our our first get animated shirt should be on the on the back it should just say i like products that's really good yeah that's that's really really good that's what i like about these shirts actually is that i feel like not a lot of shirts say stuff on the back yeah sure <laughs> so like no, i, I think we could something in the back. we could get away with like just printing a phrase on the back of a shirt i think that's pretty funny yeah. <laughs> what is the uh, okay so my question yes. is because the the thing that stopped me from buying any of these uh was the oversized fit which i always feel like just is just bulky and like makes me look fatter how do you how are you feeling with the oversized fit i have the opposite take oh interesting so it's like a big shirt but it's not like too big but i feel like like here, I'll T pose. Like, all right, Matt just stood up. Yeah, that looks great on you. Thanks. And I think I think it's like I I had the same concern because uh, having a having a, a human body is a a prison. Uh, yeah, it, sure. it, it feels bad for everybody. Uh, but I was it like, oh god, sucks. Yeah. So I was like, what is this shirt gonna look like? Uh, but I feel like it, like it. I don't feel small in the shirt, but I feel like the shirt looks like a little, like a little big, but like not like the shirts for the big boys. You know what I mean? Which is fine yeah, sure. if it is, but I don't. I, I it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like that for me. I um I don't have one of the Chainsaw Man Uniqlo shirts because I went to Uniqlo, and um it was so crowded that I had a panic attack and had to leave. Wow, this is the uh, Netherlands, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I did make it to the Chainsaw Man section and saw the shirts. Yeah. Uh, and they are great. They're great shirts. But the idea of taking one off the rack, going to the line and checking out was um, as if you were asking me to summit Kilimanjaro. Like it would have been impossible. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you do normal your normal size for that, Matt? I did actually because I had I have a couple other ones. I got like some from their recent. Um, they had a recent Pokemon uh, drop as well, and I I mm. got, um, I got one of those, and I was like, oh, I've never really had a shirt like this before. Let's and I did try it on before I I got it, and uh, I was like, oh, this is this is fine. You can go normal size, and then, like it won't be too 
too much bigger. I wonder if going a size, I would worry about getting a size down because I, it, it, ha, it does shrink a little bit. Got it. So yeah. it'll sort of be like a, not like a fully normal like fit at a certain point, but it will be um, sh- shrank just a little. The thing I'm concerned about, I don't wear a lot of white shirts. I'm f- uh, uh, and I'm you not can quite get spaghetti sauce on it. Is that I feel what like, well, I'm going to drop big hot dog on it and get mustard on. Yeah. Big hot dog. The whole hot dog? I might drop the whole hot dog. I don't know. You squeeze I, the bun too tight. It squirts out. Yeah. Classic problem. What the fuck are you guys? How are Dogs you Dogs rolling down dog? the hill. I'm chasing after the dog. Open bun. For, trying to catch if it. If you <laughs> squeeze a hot dog, it will crush the hot dog. There's no way it would shoot out. Okay. You obviously are not putting as much mustard as we are. <laughs> no. <laughs> Got slathered that bad boy. Oh, but, yeah. but like even if you, you would have to crush... You'd have to crush the hot dog beyond the point of destroying the hot dog. Heather, until it's okay to fist... say you don't understand. <laughs> it's just because it's never happened to you doesn't mean it can't happen, okay? But, but it didn't make any sense. You squeeze the squeeze, You could not even squeeze a tube of toothpaste, which is designed to oh, Don't get me started about material. those. <laughs> Matt's blasting. Toothpaste all over his shirt. Well, I'm getting it all sort of like in a in a stack on my toothbrush too. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Heather, what what we've been weaving over there? Uh, so let's see. I you know took my trip to Uniqlo as mentioned. Um, I also have been watching Vinland Saga season two. Oh, uh, it is sad. <laughs> oh no. It's, it's a sad. Uh-oh. The first one was the first season was like action packed and like a new thing happens each episode and mm-hmm. like really propels you forward chainsaw man style. I mean, I think the first season of Vinland Saga is like aces. The second season is a real meditative qual- uh, quality to it uh, and it's sort of like deconstructing like some of the invisible horrors of Norse society. Mm, uh, and mm. it's, um, there has not been any action in it. And I believe I saw an interview with the director or the writer of the manga who people are upset because, you know, it goes from this high octane show to like this contemplative thing. And he was like, if you just want violence for violence's sake, watch Attack on Titan. Like literally telling people to go watch a different show if they're frustrated. So I'm not frustrated because I'll spend any time in, uh, in, in with the Northmen. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's um, it's a very tonally different show than the first wow. season. Um, did you like the the Northmen? Did you see that film? Fucking, I loved the Northmen. I loved so the much. Northmen. I loved the Northmen. I like the Northmen, and after watching some Vinland Saga, I was like, I should watch the Northmen again because I bet I, I bet I'd like it more in a rewatch. I, I was like, pounding my chest in the movie theater. I was like, this, this is, this is my movie. Mm-mm. I, anyway. I, I said to my wife, I gotta watch the Northmen. I can't wait to watch the Northmen. And finally, we sat down to watch the Northmen, and, uh, and she loved the Northmen as well. Wow. Love I, I I would take as many of those as they would give me. If they wanted to make <laughs> that a franchise, I'd watch a, a million like the Northman style movies where just a just, guy is like, I got to go do something. 
Yeah, men in different cardinal directions. Yeah. You got the Westman, the yeah, Southman. Yeah, sure, that's fine. I'll take that. <laughs> Wait till I get I, to the Eastman. I wish the um the TV phenomenon Vikings from the History Channel was a more historically accurate show because my mm. biggest frustration with it was oh um, This ain't real. They don't dress like this. Like we know what they dress like. We've seen they dress a lot like Vinland Saga. We've seen the like tunics they're buried in, right. and they're really plain. Uh, and it's a—I mean, they've got like jewelry and brooches and stuff, but like the Vikings TV show is like, what if Vikings were in Mad Max? Like, it's really intense okay, costume. Well, don't sell it like that. Like that—that <laughs> that sounds <laughs> awesome. Yeah, something was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the so I've I've been, as we've been doing the the WGA pickets I've come to just like talk to a lot of people I wouldn't a lot of other writers I normally wouldn't talk to and yeah. I've, I've met a lot of the Jeopardy staff. Uh, Jeopardy is a WGA show and those those writers are all uh, uh, very cool to talk to um, and 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 lovely people. But one of them uh, who was just like a, a a fountain of trivia as you might expect was telling me about Viking history and how the Viking helmet with the horns was like a complete invention. Like they yes. never actually wore that. No. And that's like a thing when people think of Viking, oh, a Viking helmet, the thing with the two horns on it, and that was like some like fucking dipshit like took a helmet and glued horn glued two drinking things onto it, two uh two drinking horns onto the side of it and was like, "Oh, this is a Viking helmet." It was a total fucking sham. Yeah, it's um it, wow. there there're no horns. They had they had helmets, but they were yeah, like Yeah, they had helmets. Kind of um to me looked kind of like Roman almost, like just like the plain, like cone on top of your head, and the nose guard, and then like chainmail that would go sort of down around your neck, uh, and that's that's it. Um, I I looked it up, and it was a, it was the props in the in the Ring Opera, Wagner's The Ring Opera, that popularized the Viking helmet with the horns on it. So again, it was just an, an invention of, of of a different sort of pop culture. Wow. Hey Nick, what have you been weaving? Wow, Heather, thank you for asking me. Uh, I have been continuing. I am continuing to uh, my journey on the Vinland Saga. I have two episodes left in season one, and based on oh your what you've said about the end of season one, I'm very excited to, to watch how it wraps up. But also, season two sounds intriguing to me, so I'm I'm gonna get to that. Uh, but I, I want to remark on two movies I've seen in the theater since we've re- last recorded because mm. it's been uh, it's you know I feel like every year it's it's Ghibli Fest for months at a time which hey I'm I'm an, I'm a fan of uh, and where they're re rescreening a lot of these uh, classic movies um, theatrically I think I've talked about them in past past years on the podcast i think last year on the podcast i talked about some that i saw uh and it was i i was able to see two airplane movies uh two miyazaki his his, i mean the look this motherfucker loves airplanes uh but i was able to see two of his his two big airplane movies in the theater on back-to-back nights uh both uh subtitled uh in porco rosso and the wind rises uh both great movies wow here's here's what i say they 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 play so well on the big screen um uh, you know, The Wind Rises is just like an, a pristine, perfect work of art uh, that's just absolutely heartbreaking. And uh, but just like so, so much about like the like creation. And it feels like it comes internally from like someone who, you know, uh, Miyazaki, who is like just someone who's dedicated his life to uh, to art, to the exclusion of like, you know, his own family. 
it, it, it's clearly coming from that sort of like self-reflection and just yeah. like what it's like to like dedicate yourself to a craft. Also, um, the, 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 the meta level, the meta textual level of the main character being voiced by Hideaki Anno. Yes. It's and like, I was, yeah, go on. Watching it is it you're you're just like oh, holy shit! <laughs> like, it feels so there, like it is operating on so many fronts. Yeah, it that that is another thing, and like and so uh, Hideaki Anno, who uh, is the uh, the who is the the creative um, uh, a driving force behind Evangelion, is the lead character in The Wind Rises, and he's not an actor. And the they show a little, you know, like when the when they do the, these Ghibli Fest movies, they they will show like excerpts from documentaries uh, uh, about the studio. And so, as a postscript for the movie, they showed the casting, how they casted Hayaki Anno, and they have cameras in the meeting when they're just trying to brainstorm like who should play this role. And um, uh, uh, one of the producers, and and I I should know who it is, but uh, uh, one of the, his producers says. Uh, what like because because Miyazaki is like talking about he's a very specific idea for the voice and he's like maybe an amateur would be better because he's just like he's like a like a quiet intellectual he only speaks when he when he needs to he only says as much as he has to like he's not someone who would be you know kind of like a demonstrative performer type and it's like yeah maybe we should be an amateur and the other guy's like what about Ano and Miyazaki's like Ano, like he's like, huh? <laughs> like, like what, really? And then he thinks about it for a second. It's like, All right, I mean, why don't we test him? Like, let's bring him in. And then they show his casting session, and, and Ano comes in like, con- like wearing like a windbreaker, like confused as to why he's there. <laughs> and it's like, uh, all right. And then he goes in the booth and he reads, and he's great. And they're like, he's good. <laughs> and then Miyazaki just comes in, and is like, you got the part. We're counting on you. He's like, hey man. <laughs> it's so. He's it's like, so I don't weird. care. <laughs> uh, well, An- Ano's basically like, like, look. How can I say no to you? That's his attitude, even though he's confused by every aspect of the process. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that. That it's would never great. happen here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Steven Spielberg casts uh, George Lucas as the actor in his next film. Yeah. Well, I guess he did kind of do that, right? Like in The Fablemans, he cast David Lynch. And he was like, I need a big freak to play Tom Ford. Who's the <laughs> right, biggest but, freak but, I know? Yeah, th- that's a good point. No, that's a, that's a great point. Um, uh, but and that's an that's an awesome scene. But Lynch is like an actor. Yeah, like he's like acted yeah. his own stuff. It's like it's it's a really weird. I don't know what the equivalent is in in the U. It's 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 like if um, it's it, because because Hideaki Anno, he's like I guess like Vince Gilligan is kind of the idea of like an American <laughs> like auteur showrunner. You sure, know? Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And it, yeah. And and if the, yeah, and and if James Cameron was like, I want. Vince Gilligan to be the lead of like the next Avatar movie. You'd be like, what the fuck's going yeah. on? And then you see it and he's like, man, he's good. <laughs> I remember, I mean, there was in the first Jack Reacher movie, Werner Herzog is the bad guy. And I had never mm-hmm. seen him in a movie before. And I was like, he fucking rules. <laughs> I was like, he's yeah. so good. He's so good. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, he's um, anyway, so good. Ju- about those movies, real quick, I want if to see you. The baby. <laughs> I, I for our audience who who has not what seen has them, what has compelled this penguin to walk to its death? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that all of the the Ghibli movies are still on Max, so you can just you can fucking stream all of them, and they're they're all worth watching. Um, but Porco Rosso, Pig in an Airplane, and The Wind Rises. 
uh, about the uh, the kind of like a, a biographical thing about the the creator, much more grounded in the real world about the creator of the uh, 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 the Japanese Zero, which was the dominant fighter plane um, that they used to, to to rule the skies, at least in the first part of World War II. Uh, and it, it's they're they're just both like uh, I don't know, they're all fucking masterpieces. Um, Porco Rosso certainly a lot more fun to watch, but both both are really good. Man, I can't believe you got to see Wind Rises on the big screen. I'm so jealous. That is so That is really cool. So it was cool. rad to see it on the big screen. It's fucking awesome. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, uh Foodie Cootie, which what? is uh Matt, you're gonna drive this one. You volunteered. You're yes. like, oh, I'll, I'll run this series. And yeah, I, I and didn't then, know what I was signing up for. Um, you know, this is the most inscrutable <laughs> television show I've maybe ever watched. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it, it this is a tough Good one. Luck, buddy. Uh, and also, I'm just uh, generally nervous uh, to do you it. Do great, but I, it's gonna it's gonna be fine. Okay, okay so uh, Can I, before yeah. before we we get into it, um, I want to say that this this anime came at such an interesting time in like this the like the beginning of anime's popularity in America, and mm. was on Toonami, and uh, that kind of like it. It exploded in popularity here because it was one of the very few things that you could watch, right? Mm -hmm. You couldn't watch a ton of anime in the year 2000. Um, and based off of the sort of that, that sort of like groundswell, a bunch of anime companies decided it was the right time to enter into the American market, even though you couldn't really see a lot of anime. And one mm. of the places was this company called Gamers, which is uh a store in Akihabara uh, that has its own mascot and its own like line of goods for its mascot, but also carries a lot of anime uh, uh, stuff. And they opened a store in Los Angeles and had an FLCL section. And the rest of the anime in the store was unavailable in the US and there was no way for you to even know what the show was. So it'd be like, oh, wow, they've got FLCL postcards. And then they've got something for... I don't know. This looks like a girl who's a princess. I have no idea what this show is. And the title's <laughs> not in English and there's nowhere to look it up online. Uh, this was also when new type magazine started publishing in the, in the U S and they would do features on anime that wouldn't come to America for five or six more years. Wow. So like it would be pointless to read the articles and then animate also an Akihabara company, opened up a store on Melrose. And I think I've I've talked about that on the show before. When uh, the store opened, it was me and Keanu Reeves uh, in, in the wow. store. Wow, that's right. Uh, and that was it. Um, but there was this idea when FL Seal came out that like stuff was about to change. And we got to get in on the ground floor because things like anime is getting so popular so fast. And I feel like all of those stores and New Type Magazine uh, opening up shop here was almost exactly 15 years early because it wasn't until Crunchyroll and like the sort of ubiquitousness of, of streaming that we could watch the same things that were happening in Japan at the same, on the same day. Uh, and that has, I think, colored the last uh, six, seven years of anime intake. But man, when FLCL came out, it was pretty exciting. That's rad. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you for that thing. context. One other thing to say. Yeah. 
which is that all of the music in this show is provided by a modern band called The Pillows. The Pillows had one concert in Los Angeles after wow. FLCL came out. And I went to that fucking concert and I got to see The Pillows live. And it was the most hyped room I have ever been in for any concert, whether it's like, you, like if you're going to see, it's like, you know, 1996 and you're seeing Nine Inch Nails and it's a huge fucking stadium. Yeah. It does not, like I saw Lady Gaga, uh, I don't know, whenever the fuck I saw Lady Gaga and nothing compared to the energy in the Pillows room because everybody there was such an extreme fan of the Pillows mm -hmm. that they had come from all over the place to see this one concert. Uh, and after their first song, uh, the lead singer said in English, I guess you guys like anime and everybody cheered. So wow. That would have, <laughs> that's incredible. That, that would have gotten me so hyped and I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't have even known. That's amazing. Yeah. That's that fucking rocks. I love that. I love that you got to go. Cause I, my, one of my big things about this show so far is that the music rips. It is so good. So good. Very fun. Uh, it's very of of its era too. Yes, yeah. that sort of two thousand sort of like bass heavy sort of uh, you know, indie rock kind of very good. Yeah, but and also I feel like it was you know in terms of cultural exchange, it took a little bit longer for things to migrate to different you know regions uh, back then, and so it wasn't quite it hadn't quite caught up with like. American 2000s, you know, new metal rap rock, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that sort of when, when, when music and some of that stuff is okay, but I feel like that was, that's hmm. how a lot of people think like rock started to decline a little bit. A lot of it's, okay, it's a little bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it's pretty good. A lot of it's really good, <laughs> but I, I feel like, like the, you know, the stuff in the 90, like nineties rock, I think people have a little bit more like fondness for. Yes, definitely. And that's, that's what it more sounds like. Um, great. Uh, let's get into it. Okay. So, we start Good the luck, series. Good luck, Matt. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've I, I've written down a lot of the names, and I think I've spelled a lot of them uh, incorrectly. So let's see uh, if that gets me in any trouble. Um, so we start the series with uh, Naota, the young the young boy, uh, and uh, Mamimi. Is that how you say her name? Yeah, uh, Mamimi. Uh, hanging out under a bridge, and Naota is distracted doing homework, and Mamimi is trying to get his attention, and she's like kind of being all like horny on him very <laughs> horny and we should note the age difference between the two characters yeah so Nauta, as far as i as i can tell is 12 12 and mamimi is 17 yeah so that is a canyon in terms of age difference yes and it's like i mean she's like i mean she's like nibbling on his earlobe she's like pushing up her boob against his back but he's like annoyed. He's well, yeah. He's like, God, stop! Because well, there's, I think, broader context that we get later on, sure. right? Yes. 100%. Uh, but he's sort of just like, what, like, what are you doing? Um, well, because yeah, he at one, literally goes like, why are you doing that? And um, she says, because something amazing will happen if she does. And then, then he has this monologue. There's a lot of monologues in this show, actually, um, which I think is interest interesting. Um, but this first one, I think, is a really good. Um, uh, table setting for the series so far. I, I'll, I'll read it right here. Nothing amazing happens here. Everything is ordinary. The huge factory that can be seen from our town, the medical mechanica plant, all the adults got excited when it came here. It was like a really big thing. The white steam that bellows out every day at the same time, it looked to me like smoke that signified something, some kind of an omen. Smoke that spreads out and covers everything. 
so he's just like, this is a boring place. They love yes. this factory. Everything right. here sucks. <laughs> like it's like, who cares? Uh, and then the he, factory also looks very like sci-fi. Yeah, it's like what like we start. That's our first clue that we're not really in the real world it, or it our looks reality. Like, it looks like a big iron. Right. Yeah. Like it's like a, like an iron with steam coming out of it. Yeah. That I hadn't clocked that really. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's a hundred percent what it is. Uh, but then they start. Um, they, the two of them start walking home. Uh, and Mamimi stop. They stop at a soda machine, and she's drinking like a lemon soda. And Naota's like, I don't like sour drinks. I don't like that. Uh, and Mamimi points out that he has a mark on his neck. That she gave this kid a hickey. This this kid. Yeah. And he's like, Oh great. Oh boy. He's like, What are you gonna do? Cover it up with a band aid? Uh, and then he's about to stand up for himself because he like doesn't want to drink the sour soda. Uh, and then he mentions his brother who's in the U.S. And then suddenly this girl on a Vespa. <laughs> well, before, before yeah. you move forward, mm-hmm. I, I also want to point out like the cultural context of an indirect kiss. Because like oh. he doesn't want to put his mouth on this thing that she's just drank out of because it is like kissing her. And even though that isn't oh. a... Um, that isn't like uh, as intensely fixated upon in like modern Japan. Yeah, twenty years ago, that would be like a, a like a trope. Is like I don't want to touch my lips to the same straw. I don't want to eat like a cookie. It's it's an indirect yeah. kiss. Wow, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't even considered that uh, as as an idea because like mm-hmm. great excuse not to share. Or sorry, buddy, this the cookie's all for me. I- on an indirect or case. or yeah, oh, good if excuse you wanna, to share. Yeah, you could be like, yeah. "Hey, Stacy, why why you want a sip of my coke first? <laughs> you want yeah, you want that first sip. The first sip is the best one, and then you fucking tongue in the can, uh, <laughs> just <laughs> blood <laughs> coming yeah. out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, so then, <laughs> suddenly this. This girl in a Vespa comes riding toward them and just fucking crashes right into Naota. (laughs) And (laughs) I did write down, because like I wrote down like basically like beat for beat what goes on, but I wrote some things like editorialized and I wrote down the sequence where he gets hit is so funny because it's, like, it's 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 incredibly violent, but also very cartoonish. Um, and like because it's just, they, they I I don't know. There's some interesting stuff with like the camera, as you as you would call it, like in in uh in this sequence. Like it was going sure. all a bunch of different directions and stuff, and different um like aerial shots of what was going on. It was very interesting. Um, and then the uh this this Vespa woman. Uh, says that he's dead and gives him mouth to mouth, which Mamimi seems to not like. I I did clock that, that she's sort of like, oh God, like why is she doing that? Um, yeah, that's a direct kiss. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I was I was cool with the can, but this is this is crazy. Uh, it, this kid's pulling a sand a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Squint. Um, but then an interesting thing happens during this part where he's like coming back to life, basically, it like cuts to like a like behind the scenes kind of thing, where like <laughs> yes, 
<laughs> the Vespa woman and Mamimi are like in a like on a bus or something <laughs> like, like in some yeah they're like in the actor's trailer or something yeah yeah some and <laughs> they're talking about the scene that just happened they're like oh yeah like doing these slow motion scenes are so hard you can get a cramp doing that and then Naota comes in he's like you were doing that I thought it was an effect and I was like what the, wait, what, <laughs> right. is, what is this <laughs> Because then it doesn't happen again. <laughs> no, that it's like okay, we're we're minute four of episode one. This must be just a structural element. Like yeah, oh, it's, this is a, it's this a, is like one joke. It's one hard joke. Yeah, and y- yes, and because it's like, and it's like kind of for nothing. Like it's like it's like it's funny. I thought that like the joke that he thought that that it would that they are doing it and it's not an effect is funny, but. I don't understand. Maybe we'll see another one of those. Maybe we won't. But uh, I like was like, I don't know why this. What what is going on with, with this part? Um, one thing I, I, I do want to remark on real quick. First off, like the palette of the show is like very bright. It's mm-hmm. A lot of whites. A lot of like like you know it, it's it's just really uh, that that is that in of itself is like re- just just really jarring. Just how intense it is. Um, but then like. You know, you mentioned it was uh, it was Gynax, Heather, or, or people who were fr- a part of Gynax. The animation is so impressive. Like this Vesta, yeah. this Vespa sequence. Uh, we've got a fucking bass guitar skittering around and rotating. You know, uh, spinning all which ways as it makes impact with the cement. Uh, the Vespa impact into Naota. The way his body contorts. Uh, the way of the fucking baseball bat that Mamimi has, like you know, follows in his wake and just sort of. It's it's just like they're cha- it, it's a really challenging sequence to animate and like the way that the they they made it in te- they made it hard on themselves and it pays off. The so uh, yeah, that's the other thing. It's had this lo- this level of this level of polish on top of the just the utter absurdity of the of the storytelling. The director of FLCL, Kazuya Tsurumaki, uh, was also the director of the first half of the Evangelion movie. Uh, the end of Evangelion. Uh, wow. So well, like that, in- all those incredible fights in the uh, first half of uh, the Evangelion movie were um, supervised by Tsurumaki. And this wow. was his first, um, <clears throat> first, uh, de- it was his, his debut as the full-fledged director of his own OVA. Uh, I... <laughs> So this, this this next thing that happens is the Vespa woman then sees that he's awake and, he's, and she goes like, I'm, I lucked out time for round two and fucking clocks him with the bass guitar and like it just hits him. She just keeps hitting this kid and we don't, I don't know why. Uh, After pulling like a, a starter, like it's a fucking lawnmower. Oh yeah. Like charging it up on? with like, it's like a, yeah, a gas powered bass guitar or something. Yeah. And like that made it heavier or more strong or something i don't know but that was a a crazy thing uh and then uh so she starts like she picks him up by his like feet and is shaking coins from uh his like pockets and then at one point now it says like what did you do to me and she says cpr and mamimi asks did she put tongue inside i was like what is what is this why is this show this show is 
one of the hornier ones we've seen so far. Uh, or at <laughs> least like unrequited horny. Uh, she's, she's shaking now, to yeah. trying to get something to come out of him. Yes. And all that's coming out of him is like change yeah. <laughs> and lint <laughs> from and his pockets. And he has pockets. like a big pink dot on his forehead. Yes, yeah. which then becomes a a big I would to call it a bump. Cuz it's like uh at first that's what you think it is. It's sort of like a, more like a horn, but it's like a it has like a convex shape kind of. It's like a it's like a it's a penis. Well, it's not. It's got a blunt No, end. it's not. It's like yeah. It's it's a penis. No, it's not. It's Heather. Heather, no it's, it's not. Penis. No it's Heather, not. Heather, it's not. He's, he, and if he it, had a run in with, and a if somebody's did look like that, direction. it's fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like a Jenga stack. <laughs> yeah, it's like square. It has a flat yeah. end. It's like a, it's not a horn, but it's like a weird sort of bump that he's able to push back into his head, Naota, and um, sort of conceal it with a band aid. But then he goes to school and everyone's like, what's under this fucking Band-Aid you got on your head, my man? Uh, everybody wants to know. If you come to school with a Band-Aid on your head, everyone's asking. That's just like how it is. Yes, everyone right. wants to know. Um, but then the other students remark upon the return of the Vespa woman. Uh, and they said that she stings when she stings. Because uh, Ves means wa- Vespa means wasp or something. Or like they showed Vespa meaning wasp or something like that in, as a, in the dictionary or something at that sequence. What does mm-hmm. it translate to? It? Um, and they said that when she stings, she leaves a demon's mark that never goes away, and that you get one of these for doing something perverted. So then they immediately are like, "Now it's a fucking perv." This guy, <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> he shows, shows the mark, you pervert. Uh, and then he, so then school's over. He's going to the hospital, and the Vespa woman returns and is like, "Hey, so what happened after I left? Like anything, anything crazy happened to you? Uh, what's going on?" Uh, and then he runs across train tracks with an oncoming train to get away from her. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he gets to the the hospital. The nurse is like, oh, you have an adolescent psychological skin hardening syndrome. And I'm like, oh, God, this sounds pretty crazy. I got fucking tricked. The Vespa <laughs> woman was doing a nurse joker on his ass. It was her. <laughs> it reminds me of the, uh, you may be seeing this clip, but it's one of my favorite wrestling things ever. We were talking about wrestling earlier is um, Vince McMahon, uh, a piece of shit in real life, uh, but uh, obviously, but Vince McMahon is like in the hospital as part of a storyline. Yeah. And then a nurse is like taking care of him and a doctor comes in and is like, uh, uh, that's okay, nurse. I'll take it from here. Uh, and the nurse goes away, and the doctor pulls off his mask, and it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, yes. and they just beats the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his hospital. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I, we can't go on this tangent again, but I will say, yeah. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of the great American characters uh, ever, like just the, yeah, well, the yeah, fucking for best. Sure. Uh, great, yeah, chugging two beers, well, a plus. The uh, the I'm 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 seeing a bunch of different ways that uh, that wasp can be translated into Japanese, and I think to make the joke work in lo- in localization, the one they went with with was a uh, wasupu. Mm-hmm. Was so it's like basically like it's basically like in just uh, just using the 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 English word wasp with a more mm. Japanese pronunciation to make that line up with Vespa. It probably works better in Japanese. There are so I mean, I'm sure it does. many puns in the Japanese script that are uh depending on the the translation you've seen of FLCL really really 
you know, they really attempt to capture the um, the sort of like double speak of the show in the subtitles and like make the jokes make sense. Uh, but it is, I mean, it's an, a really daunting task to try and be like, yes, this is what this character is saying. And this other character hears it as a pun. Uh, it's, it's intense. And, and the other thing that this show does, and it's, it's more of an issue in the second episode for me, but there's a lot of like overlapping dialogue, mm-hmm. like two characters saying different things at the same time. And trying to track that through subtitles is really challenging, and I'm sure it was incredibly challenging to figure out how to localize that, what to include and what to exclude. Uh, I I ended up watching, I'll just say, I watched both of these episodes uh, with subtitles, was a little unsure as to what the fuck I was watching, uh, and then I rewatched them both in the dub. And I think the dub is well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just honestly, just so I could try to track the story a little bit more and watch the visuals a little bit more and 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 be buried in the subtitles a little bit less. Uh, but I, I don't ne- necessarily know if it helped me understand what was <laughs> happening because it's intentionally disorienting. Yes. And so uh, the Vespa woman is disguised as a nurse. She has the doctor and nurse tied up. Um, and... Naota uh, eventually gets home and uh, he's like on the phone with, I think, Mamimi. And uh, she's like telling him to come out or something. And she goes, and Naota goes, uh, go out with your friends and hangs up. But like it cuts over to where she's at and she's over at like a beautiful sunset. <laughs> and I'm just like, you got to leave this kid alone. Like, just like <laughs> I don't know what's going on there uh, yes. yet, but. Then he says that he has a dream about his brother and he was uh, batting. Uh, so his brother's a baseball player uh, in, in the U.S., uh, we come to learn a little later. Um, and he said, I was dazzled by his swing. So he really idolizes his brother, it sounds like. Um, yeah. He's wearing a baseball cap but doesn't play baseball. He carries around a bat. Like It's clear that the kid wants to be his brother Yes, uh, as much as he does miss him. Uh and then he he wakes up, and the Vespa woman, now who we know is named uh, Haruko, is in the house and is hired by her dad and grandpa to be a housekeeper. And this sequence is bananas because it looks like manga with very slight, very very slight animation in the panels. Like they, it's like moving around. It's a very frenetic um, uh, sequence because they're just moving panel to panel. And then the dad and the grandpa are like, oh, you're doing furikuri. And uh, like you're messing around with they think uh, he's like fucking around with Mamimi, which he kind of is. But he's he's not. She is kind of fucking around with him. Uh, and then they start saying mouth to mouth a lot. <laughs> Very strange. Uh, but I and now also that sequence so far, nothing like that has come up <laughs> again. Uh, just uh, no. just another one off basically like camera panning around uh, a, a page of manga uh, i remember i remember years ago seeing uh, some kind of like featurette about how hard it was to do the manga page mm-hmm. like wow uh that it was like a really 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 difficult piece of animation uh which looking at it you're i, I wouldn't have read that that way i would have been like oh this is a a charming sort of budget cutting yeah, uh, sequence, but apparently it was really hard. I wonder if that that has a lot to do with it. Just it, if it was more hand animated, or if it was fully hand animated, where it's just like that. That's the sort of thing where, like, if it was on a 
you know, you know, if you if you were using more of a computer assist, you could draw the panel and then control the camera virtually. But here you have to, I don't know, it just just feels like the the the, the manual the manual creation of it in an earlier age would, would maybe be part of why it was so laborious, but it also does like think like it, it isn't just like, we're just seeing like storyboards. It's like, yeah. you know, a character will come out of one panel and like, you know, roll like barrel roll into another panel. You know, it's like, it's, it's got like all sorts of bits of unnecessary motion. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind of like the, maybe that's just the word about the whole show is unnecessary. Like so much of it is just like what like this is they like like just just superfluous yeah uh action, you know. It's almost like they were like, All right, we are going to say yes to every single idea that anybody in this room has. And they're mm. like five people or something this is what it feels like to me. And like at some point one of them was like, Oh, you know what we should do is we should cut to the like the actor's bus. And them complaining about, uh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh, we should shoot. What if this was a manga page? Okay, great. Let's do it. What if, uh, yeah, like it, it feels like yeah. a bunch of people getting to say, what if she, it's not just that she hits him with a, with a guitar, but she revs it like a fucking lawnmower first. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. One could maybe speculate that maybe a room like that is in counter to the room that they had in uh, on Evangelion, where maybe no <laughs> no idea was allowed. Um, but that's that's interesting to think about. Um, Haruku uh, Haruko says that um, she's an alien because uh, Naota is like, "What's like? Who are you? What do you want with me? What's going on?" Uh, she says that she's an alien uh, and wants to know what's under his band aid. Uh, and also, also before we move yeah. on, real quick. Naota's dad is fucking gross. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He is a and his grandpa too. He is a leech, and he's like he's like openly fantasizing both about Haruko and Mamimi in this yes. episode, and it's fucking gross, nasty, devious. Wait, it's, it's yeah, because she like she comes home with the dad. Wait, is the dad the okay? It's a dad and a grandpa, right? Yeah, dad and grandpa. Yeah, dad is dad has the ponytail. Dad is like um. Uh, uh, reminds me of the uh, I can't remember the character's name now. Nick Weiger. It's Nick Weiger. Reminds me of Nick Weiger. Kind of Nick Weiger. <laughs> he kind of reminded me of the guy from Persona Five. That, That's what I was gonna say. Okay. Persona Five Royal. Yeah. yeah. And I, I couldn't remember the the name of the guy who has the coffee house, which I should know because I, sp- I spent 132 hours with that uh, with that game. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, a, a like I would not be uh I would not be shocked if like that character design was just directly inspired. Hmm. Uh. But yeah, so who the fuck is the Cafe LeBlanc guy? Sorry, we shouldn't go. Isn't it LeBlanc? No, LeBlanc is the is the cafe. The, who's the uh, guy? Oh. Uh, Sojiro. Sojiro. Um, so yeah, Sojiro. Yeah, they 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 look the same. When she says Sojiro is a sweetie. When Haruko says that she's an alien, I was like, I'm kind of scared of her. <laughs> she's kind of scary. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he's. He, it sounds like, yeah, he's, uh, and she wants to go sleep on his top bunk, but that's his brother's bed. And he's like, you don't get to do that. No, that's my brother. He's playing baseball in the U.S., and that's for him when he comes back. Um, and you find out later that Mamimi came by and dropped off photos of Naota being run over, which was very funny. <laughs> Just like photos of the action <laughs> shots, basically. Uh, and that uh, the parent, the dad gave him, or gave uh, Mamimi a bunch of old bread. Um, 
Uh, and so then uh, Naota goes after Mamimi and catches up to her on the bridge where she's eating the old bread and she's like sad. Oh, no, she's smoking a cigarette too. And the cigarette says never knows best on it, uh, which I thought was I, interesting. I told you boys this, but you can get your Apple pencil engraved with something from yeah. Apple. And so my Apple pencil says never knows best on the side because it kind of looked like a cigarette to me. Yes, but Heather, I've told you time and time again, stop trying to light it. It won't light. <laughs> my lungs burn. <laughs> they hurt. <laughs> I'm filled with uh, microplastics. Um, uh, so we, we see that she's smoking and she's sad and it turns out that Naota's brother, I guess, hasn't contacted Mamimi in, in a while uh, and she's eating the old bread on the bridge and Naota is like, how much do you like him anyway? And she kind of talks for a little bit and basically says, I like him more than hard bread. And uh, Naota is sort of just like, you got to like stop this. Don't you know that? And then it cuts away and uh, Haruko is looking at some, like a note. And he, the brother has an American girlfriend. Pretty tough stuff. Pretty yeah, tough it's rough. Stuff. Pretty it's rough. It's harsh. Well, do you get the sense, and maybe this will be resolved, but do you get the sense that Mamimi doesn't actually date this older brother at all? Like, it's all just her, just, like, in her head, it's her boyfriend? Because that's why I felt like it was kind of being implied. That's that's possible. She's also, like, she's also presented, and especially next episode, as, like, kind of a, as, like, a loser, you know? She seems really cool to me. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like you're right, Nick. I feel like she she wishes, like, she has a crush on... No, it's his older brother. Yes. And uh He sounds awesome. And, Why wouldn't you? And I think his older brother may or may not have any affection for her whatsoever. Uh maybe they weren't because it's clear when Haruko finds the letter that uh that her, his older brother has this American girlfriend that if if Mamimi was the, the girlfriend back home. She probably would have gotten a phone call or something. Like yeah, she would have gotten right. something. But yeah. instead, he's got to break it to her. Like, hey, I, you, he's he's seeing somebody else. Yes, which um, we don't actually see on. He, we don't see that moment on screen, but we know that it happens because of the way you edit to Haruko finding it out, and then you edit back, and she's responding to it. Yeah, and then uh, she's. Uh, sad about that but then she starts holding her head and saying i'm gonna overflow and she falls over and then the big uh factory thing the iron in the in the middle of the city uh uh has a bunch of like looks like lights coming out of it and then Naota's weird bump starts getting huge gets gigantic this thing you're like what the heck's going on with this big old bump a fucking arm starts coming out of his goddamn head okay and then a fucking followed by a full on full ass robot. Robot comes out of the bump. Okay, it, I just want to again acknowledge just how amazing this animated sequence is. It is. It, it looks spectacular. It looks so good, and it's also like I think disgusting. And, like, it's nasty. Very, it's real nasty very, shit. Like, but it's like not like disgusting, like like gory or anything like that i just like when you don't understand what you're looking at i'm like it's like oh what 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 is that it's, um yeah it's like body horror you know yes, it's like right. kind of cronenberg-y yeah because you're like oh oh i don't want to think about this happening um it, yeah it's just it's just horrible but the robot comes out 
uh, of his head. And Noata's like, what is going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay, yeah, we're on the same page here. Uh, yeah, the audience surrogate. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, there's like a robot arm that's trying to get away from the robot that came out of his head, uh, and they, they're they're fighting. And Haruko uh, joins the fight, but then hits the robot that came out of Nota's head. Uh, and Nota says, "Just for a flash, she looked like my brother." Because maybe she swung a particular way or something. Mm. She seemed cool. She did seem cool. And maybe that's what he means by it. Maybe it's like. You you see somebody older than you doing something cool, and it's like they they remind yeah. you of each other, right? Uh, and then he's like, the horn is gone, and nothing is amazing. Uh, and now the robot that came out of his head, cut back to the house, is back at their house making bread, just hanging out, just like chilling. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Naota goes and meets uh, Mamimi again. And takes a sip of her soda, even though he doesn't like it. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, and I forgot to mention, there's a cat in the show. And the cat's kind of big and chubby. And I like the cat a lot. And it is voiced by Hideaki Anno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was episode one. Any, any thoughts about that before we move on to the, the second one? Uh, really cool end credits. I mean, the the end title sequence is great. Yeah, it incorporates a little bit of live action too. But it's just, it's just again, it's just like hey, like Heather was saying, like it, like every idea is in here. There's just like just con, just so much style. I um, I was so desperate to listen to this music outside of the context of watching it on the, the FLCL fan subs that I that I found when this when the show first like started coming out. Uh, that I went on Napster and got parts of songs and mm-hmm. then burnt them to CD and listened wow. to a like chopped up version of Pillow's songs uh, on, on in my car CD player because I was like, oh man, this music is so cool. Uh, before we move on to uh, the second episode of Firestarter, let's just play a, a quick little bit of... Uh, the end credits song, Ride on Shooting Star by The Pillows. So good. I think of the shows we've watched so far, and this is maybe a lot, but maybe my favorite music of any of the shows we've watched so far. Wow. Like, I would listen to this I, on my own. This sounds like Weezer. <laughs> I think what I'd like to say is for all its stylistic, like, oh, like how overwrought it is and, and crazed and, and uh, you know, uh, extremely fast editing in the show, it is it also revels in these very quiet moments with like Mamimi at sunset or uh, characters like looking off into the distance while crickets or, or birds chirp. And, and I think 
swinging the pendulum back and forth between this manic editing style and those moments are what give this show such good vibes Mm -hmm. because you're like, oh man, I feel like I've been here. I feel like I've been under this bridge. I feel like I've been hanging out with kids like this when I was young and nobody kind of really knowing what was going on in the world or what was even going on with themselves and just trying to parse that mystery as you, as you become older. Um, I think it's a, a really great coming of age story. For as I think that I think that's a great point. Go on, I was gonna say for as like confusing as it was this on first watch, I did enjoy the first episode. I thought it was very good uh, and very interesting. And uh, the second one also very interesting. I, I think the i i agree with with both of you i i was just going to add i think there's something about just like really strong choices even if you don't understand what they're doing that gives you buy-in as a viewer yeah you're just like okay if they're doing things this you know if, if they're taking these big swings there must be some purpose to this there must be some deliberation at work and so i think that that lets you you know, it just gives the show a little bit of leeway uh, as we get into Firestarter episode two. That's right. Firestarter starts with a monologue from Mamimi that says, I saw a god the other day by the river on a rainy afternoon. He helped a kitten that was left all alone. It's a god that only I can see, a black winged angel that came down from the heavens just for me. And so Mamimi showed up to no to, no to school and he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I just felt like it. Uh, just can't, kind of came to hang out. And then two other kids, uh, Gaku and Masashi, are laughing at him and saying that's his wife. Yeah, he's married to an older woman. Uh, and then the other girl, whose name I didn't get. Uh, maybe they do say it, but I don't remember what her name was. Um, she has purple hair. And is like, she doesn't look very bright. In that she doesn't look very bright in that she's so not cool. Um Haruko later on she's she's yeah. been playing an, a handheld game by the way. Yes. Which is another that that game which looks cool. It's like kind of this isometric uh game on a on a monochrome LCD screen. Yeah, and they show some of like like I don't know, they, they don't like show footage of the game really, but like they show sort of like what the screen looks like and it looks like a, it looks different than the rest of the animation. It looks like a sort right. of pixel art sort of like video game and I was like this is cool. I I, I like yeah. that they they show that. It looks like a Wonder Swan. Yes. Like somewhere in between Game Ooh, Boy and uh, and something else. Um, and so later on, back at the, I guess back at the hospital, Haruko is showing uh, Naota an x-ray of his brain and says that there's nothing there. <laughs> that is just completely empty. <laughs> and I was like, this is just rude. Uh, and now Naota has a, 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 another horn growing out of the back of his head. Uh and Har- Haruko is still like posing as this nurse, and he's like, "You shouldn't be doing this anymore." And then, uh, like, "What even are you really?" And she's cha- she starts to change under like a strobe light, kind of. It's like a strobe a strobe effect. You see her like changing clothes, and uh, she says that her title is first class space patrol officer, and claims to not know why a robot came out of his head. Uh, which then. Uh, Naota says, exactly where does the truth end and the lies begin? Uh, Samajima, Mamimi, and 
Haruhara, Haruko, a lot of lies are flowing around me. These are two new horns that sprang up, a true story that seems like a lie. Um, and the dad likes having, so they're back at the house. The dad likes having the robot around. And uh, Naota thinks it's yeah, weird. Who wouldn't? What was that? I said, who wouldn't? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, he's helping out. He's, he's helping doing chores. <laughs> he's like lifting boxes and putting them in a truck. I'm like, this is great. Uh, but uh, Noah says something funny about the robot. He says, that robot was walking around loose yesterday. Loose is such a funny... <laughs> loose is very funny. <laughs> uh, I, just, I, I just love that as a phrase. Um, I like and that my... Nota is, is more concerned about being an adult and like doing adult things than anybody else in his, in his life, even though he's the most image. Like he's like, you can't just have a robot walking around. Like people are going to say something. You yeah. Know? And everyone's like, like oh, who right. cares? Yeah. Let him talk. And what, what 12 year old, like I'm just, just the mind of a 12 year old boy who's attracted to girls. Like if a, if a 17 year old girl was giving him affection, I feel like, like, that's like a 99% of 12 year old boys would go, you know, just like yeah. losing their minds and be so like, eager for any sort of thing, anything resembling a sexual opportunity. And he's like, this is like, it like knows this is inappropriate and knows that that's, you know, it's, it, it, yeah, he is, he is like the, he is very much the voice of reason in this insane, utterly insane reality that he's plunged into. But he also kind of reminds me, obviously, he's much more vocal and engaged and puts up more resistance but he is kind of a piece with Keon in terms of taking it in stride mm -hmm. like he's not like there's a horn in my head this is crazy what's happening you know he's not like to the level of like like actually addressing what's challenge or, or like where this robot came out of my head what the hell you know he he's just sort of like this is fucking yeah, he, he acknowledges that it's that these things are happening, but he's not like completely stopped in his tracks and rendered catatonic by them. Maybe it's because I've only seen these anime, but he is kind mm -hmm. of like Kion and Shinji, kind of where like, they're both they're both <laughs> <laughs> they're both put upon in like a similar way, and they both respond to being put upon like differently. Um, but he like I don't know. It's just, he's he's got little shades of both, uh, just like that. Yeah. Just me being like, oh, he's kind of like Shinji. I've seen like three anime. Um, <laughs> uh, so Mamimi is back under the bridge and she's playing with this kitten that she mentioned earlier that she's named uh, Takun. Um, and which well, is she, what she was calling, yeah. right? Isn't it? Wasn't she calling now to that? Yeah, she, yeah, she was calling him that. And he's like, me, him too. Yeah. Uh, and I can't tell if he's like, jealous of that or, or or not um and she's playing this video this video game that she's been playing is called firestarter where you have to burn down entire towns to serve uh the the god of the black flames lord conti and honestly awesome premise yeah. for it awesome sounds fucking premise. awesome <laughs> <laughs> everyone's making fun of her i was like oh this yeah. this rules like yeah, i would like i would 100 percent want to know what mamimi is up to that sounds like great a, it's like a little Sim City layout, you know? Like you yeah. see this like grid of buildings and you gotta set fire to each of the build it's such it's like what if you played the destruction part of Sim City and that was the game? It's such a cool idea. Yes. If this was real, if there was a there was a Japanese only Bandai Wonderswan game where you fucking 
you you burn down villages to appease a dark god. It'd be like that would be like a like a fabled thing in video game dumb. Yes. People would be like, have you played this thing? Have you ever seen like, you know, not a lot we would of have vi- covered it. It, it. Yeah, we we I would have I'd be interested in playing it. Uh but Naota says something funny about not wanting to play. He says that he's too busy and has too many people to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny for a twelve. Yeah, so funny. Uh but then you see you cut to uh Haruko uh uh driving on her bu- driving? Riding? Riding? Riding her Vespa. Steering? <laughs> piloting Steering? her Vespa. Pilot yeah. Piloting is, piloting. Yeah. Piloting, yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, and, uh, she crashes into, uh, that big building over there. Um, and, uh, when he, when she wakes up, someone's inspecting the vi- the bike. It's like, oh, what kind of, what years, what year of, uh, model is this? What is this? And he's fucking perving on her, this guy looking up her skirt won't stop. I, I mean, I really think this is another thing where it's, it's the, that's like a, a kind of a, an audience surrogate, of like this is like hey we've got this this woman is is squatting and you can and you know like the camera's directed where you can see up her skirt and then we've got this pervy guy who's looking up her skirt which is what the viewer will do as well yeah. you know it's like it's like cuz the guy is like you look at that guy and you're like that's disgusting but then also like they're showing up her skirt and you're like well look at that you know it's a, it's <laughs> i don't know and so she wants also, to get, she's, yeah. she what's up her skirt though is darkness like it's not a panty really, yeah. shot. There are panty True. shots in this show that are in in other episodes. There's one this, in this one. Yeah, there's, there's one, one in of this Mimi, one. Yeah, uh, it's terrifying to me that this dude is like really trying to get a good look at what looks to be like a void. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll. Ugh. Maybe we'll <laughs> learn about it. <laughs> Maybe we'll see what's happening there. Um, yeah, what is going on down? Yeah, there? I think just in general. Yeah, just in ge- yeah, I, yeah, I'm uh, just yeah in in real life. What is it? Um, so then uh, Naota shows up uh, as these guys are perving on her, and I guess Haruko like wants to go in, and they're like, "Well, you can't just like show up here and go in there." Uh, and Haruko is like, is happy that Naota came to her aid. And says that she'll give him a reward, a reward that's better than CPR. And CPR was when she did mouth to mouth. So, oh, yeah. Fucking. What is what is this reward? Fucking his head penis. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Ew. I don't like what that's I just saw. Nasty. That's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say he comes robots. Um. <laughs> uh so then uh you see Mamimi, she's uh back to uh playing over where she's at and she sees this halo floating around in the distance and says it's a god and it's the robot. She follows the robot uh as it goes into a dilapidated shack. It puts its arms uh, like its arms out and around kind of and dis- a bunch of crows like disperse or whatever they are and it it yeah. like floats up. <laughs> It Christ poses yeah. and, and ascends to heaven. But again, you know, it's just like the challenge of it. Like he's rotating as he twirls up to the, towards. Uh, yes. Uh, towards the uh, the abyss above. And uh, then back to Haruko. 
And uh, Naota, they're riding on her Vespa, sort of like near the beach, near like sort of like a, you know, clip, like PCH, sort of, if you will, if, if you if you want a visual. Um, the Pacific Coast Highway for those who aren't uh, over here uh, in Southern California. Uh, and uh, she's driving all crazy and he's getting all freaked out. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, and then uh, Mamimi and Naota are hanging out. Uh, and uh, Haruko's also there, sort of just like playing with the, the kitten. Uh, and Mamimi says that she saw the the robot at Seven Eleven, looking at Hustler, looking at fucking porno. This is a horny show. This show is horny, but I just like it's so funny that the robot's looking at it. But then we find out why the robot's looking at it. The robot returns and has <laughs> knocks on the grandpa's door, gives him the fucking magazine. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, and the grandpa's like, this isn't the one I asked for. I wanted the, right. uh, in, in the in the dub, it says the Annie Nicole centerfold, uh, which I guess yeah. was supposed to be Annie Nicole Smith. Yeah, they say, in, they say Shaku-chan in the subtitled okay. version, who I, I assume is a Japanese equivalent. Um, yeah, what what is that uh, translated joke supposed to imply? Like, is Shaq John somebody who was brutally murdered? And so they're like, oh, the only centerfold we've got. The safest bet we have is Anna Nicole Smith. <laughs> well, well, 2003, I think that predates the Anna Nicole Smith's death. I think that's still like she's, you know. Wait, what? Am I right? thinking of the wrong person? Might be. Anna oh. Nicole Smith died in 2007. Yes. Oh. Um, so yeah, this is maybe her reality show era. Yeah, Trim Spa, perhaps, around that time. Uh, I do remember, um, just as a quick aside, I was homesick one day, like from school, and my grandma called me, and she was like, Matt, Matt, turn on the news. And I was like, what? And I turned on the news, and it was, and Nicole Smith had died. I was like, okay, I thought it was like a second 9-11 or something. Not that it wasn't sad, but I was like, this is crazy. Because <laughs> she sort of did it with that sort of uh, urgency. Uh, but anyway. Uh, so the, the robot brought grandpa porno, uh, and then later on the robot's sort of looking in the rubble of, uh, a burned down, uh, building. I believe it's the school from, or no, it's not the school. School's later. Um, uh, but then, but then, so they're sort of looking around at the rubble and there's like, uh, a shoe floating in the water and, uh, you see it's Mamimi getting like cleaned up and you find out that some kids were bullying her, uh, which is not... I don't like that. Um, but she's getting cleaned up over there. And then some steam is coming out of the big iron. Uh, you see that again. And then um, Mamimi and uh, Nota are walking home. And she drops her game, which, you know, she cared about this whole time. She just drops it. And then lights another cigarette. And then later on, we see uh, Haruko get up and see that the town... In the is on fire in the distance. You see, there's a fire going on, and then uh, Mamimi and Nota, uh, Mamimi and Nota's brother met at the scene of a school fire years prior. That's how they first met, and so you see, then Mamimi later on sitting in a circle of lit cigarettes, listening to music, and you, at the at the scene of I think the, the previous fire, um, and Mamimi's like, I hated this school. I hated it here, uh, and. A big thing in the episode too that I 
have neglected to mention so far is they're talking about they talk about arson quite a bit and that the the fire there's been arson fires recently and um i think is that implying that mamimi lit the school on fire like that she like burned mm. the school down or I, I don't know if that's like a an accurate read but that's sort of what i was thinking there um interesting it could be that she that the school was burned down organically but these more recent fires are perhaps interesting okay inorganic as she tries to recreate the circumstances under which she met Naota's big brother okay i like that that's a nice that's an interesting read um also the first time i saw this i thought that Naota's big brother must be a smoker Oh, uh, interesting. And now I think sense. he isn't because he's super into baseball. Mm. Well, yeah, they chew. Uh, they do more chewing tobacco um, than smoking. You don't really see him ripping cigs on the dug in the on the mound. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a power. Move. It'd, be, it'd be so fucking cool. God, actually, damn. you'd be like, oh man, yeah. this guy must be the best pitcher on earth. <laughs> yeah, just like fucking Clayton Kershaw, which is like a cig in his the corner of his mouth while he's just throwing heaters. Um, uh, but then the robot's there, and she kisses the robot. Big lips, big kissing lips on the robot. Big old wet one on on the robot. Oh yeah. Uh but then two big horns grow out of Nota and and another robot emerges from his head. And then there's a big fight, another big fight in this episode, a big robot fight. Um the new robot that came out of uh Nota's head versus the robot that we already know. Uh I think the robot that is that comes out of his head in this episode. Yeah is missing a hand. Yes. Implying that the hand that came out of him in the first episode was the hand of this robot. And then the rest of the robot comes out in episode two. Yes. Uh, and then Naota gets eaten by the robot. And there's like this sort of big, sort of like trippy sequence, a lot of bright colors, a lot of like, you know, swirling, like sort of like, I don't know what you call that. Uh, like... Hypnotoad ass. Psychedelics. Yeah, psychedelic yeah, stuff. Like... Um, but then he sort of merges with the robot, which is then he he transforms into like a big gun. Big old like big gun. And then the other robot gets destroyed. Uh, and then as Noah is released, uh, Haruko's like, okay, we got to go. We got to go. And there's sirens coming. And then they, that's the end of the episode. Wait, I think you you glossed over the fact that once the robot is done using Nota as a bullet, mm -hmm. yes, it shits him. Okay, yeah, it I guess I didn't shit shits it him out. It shits him, him out. out. Like, and they're like he's someone's someone like he smells. Like, what's yeah, that smell? He stinks and he's sticky. He's sticky. I wouldn't know that about poop because I've never touched it. But I guess <laughs> it's sticky. Makes sense. That's yeah, that's pretty off. Like I guess I didn't include that um because I wanted to forget. Uh, I wanted to forget he that. He shits him. He shat him out. He shits like a him big out. old poop. He shits him. Uh oh, and then uh in Evangelion it is the the mother carrying you in the womb. Here it is that you're fucking You're the waste. Swallowed and digested yeah. and shit uh, out. It, it it ends with this quote from Naota. 
at the time, I didn't notice the sirens that were coming towards us. I don't know where the lies end and the truth begins. I asked myself what I could do for Mamimi. I decided to stay by her side forever. And that's the end of the episode. And that's the end of the first two episodes of Furikuri. Uh, Furikuri. The, the robot fight, again, looks really fucking cool. And, you know, it's it's just there's there's so much labor being put into these sequences. It has the um, the cadence of an Evangelion fight, too. Like, yeah, right. Flurries of, like, sudden violence and then, like, stagnant hold, like, glory poses. Like, once Kanti consumes Nota and turns red, uh, you get this tremendous impact as Conti holds out his hand and stops all of the pressure being applied by the other giant robot, uh, which is fucking awesome. It's such a good move. And I also really like the tenderness with which Conti like sets uh, Mamimi aside mm-hmm. to sort of protect her, uh, which I think is supposed to uh, invoke Naota's older brother. Like if Naota mm. was only older and bigger and cooler then she would be able to love him for himself but instead she can only see him as this proxy for his older brother which it's probably got to be pretty frustrating for Nota, even if he doesn't like Mamimi I also it's really also cool just to see a, a small robot fight we see so many big robot fights that's yeah. an interesting point regular yeah ro- regular a chappy sized robot not so bad yeah it's like chappy versus Robocop <laughs> uh I really like the sentiment about uh, the burning of the school where um, my Mimi says, even if it burns down the wreckage or the ash is still there, Um, which I think is a really, it's a really interesting counterpoint to say Kylo Ren's let the past die, kill it if you have to, which is you can try and let go of things in your past, but even if you can let go of them, the absence of the thing is still there. Mm -hmm. Like you can't ever truly get over anything. You can only reduce it, but it will always be something that you've experienced. Um, I don't know. I think there's some really poignant shit in this show. I don't think it's just flashy. I think it's like potentially pretty brilliant. I'm excited to continue. Uh, It's a... Part of its appeal to me is um, that it's only six episodes. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, if I like it, maybe I'll check out the other ones. I'm interested. The fact that there are different series uh, and they're all short, uh, I'm pretty interested. Is this one wherever, where they're saying, like, all where all the follow-ups are like, oh, none of them recapture the original, like they've yes. been trying to do? Oh, bummer. It's one of those. Okay, yeah, got yeah. It. Um, because as a, as a lifelong fan of FLCL, when the new series came out, I was, you know it was destination viewing for me, appointment viewing. Like I sat down ready to watch it. And I was like, what is happening here? Bummer. Who is this for? Where did the, the fire of creativity go? There's two more seasons that have been announced too, which are coming out next year. Yeah. Grunge Uh, and shoegaze. Yeah. Grunge Grunge comes out. Well, I guess it probably airing in Japan first. It comes out, uh, this week or came out a couple days ago as of uh, this releasing. Yeah. So we're semi-topical here. Well, that was episode one and two of Furikuri, which we will continue profiling over the course of 
the next three episodes. Thank you, Heather. Uh, but last week we talked about something also very strange and unsettling, which was <laughs> the movie The Disappearance of a Harui Suzumiya, which wraps up that series. It's time for your thoughts on that. It's the chain reactions of a Harui Suzumiya, colon, Blue Talk. Blue Talk. Blue Talk. New deck. Blue Talk. <laughs> People are saying this is the bluest talk that's ever been talked. People want to say the Navi do blue talk, but actually we do pretty good blue talk here. Back the blue talk. <laughs> <laughs> the thin blue talk. Anyway, um, this first one's from it's David Armstrong. how easy the slide is into fascism. That's yeah. just how it happens. Yeah, you, you start saying the stuff, yeah. and then you're like, wait a minute. Uh, Hell okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> this feels good, baby. Time to get a new haircut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and all my shirts better have the flag on them. <laughs> uh, this first one's from David Armstrong. Hi, David. Hi, David. Hi, David. Hello, David. Curious whether there was any discussion of watching the disappearance of Nagato Yuki-chan after the movie. I'll tell you something. We all learned of its existence at the same time after we had recorded some FLCL already. So. Yes. I think we've covered a lot of Haruhi. Yeah. I don't think we need to go into these sort of like uh, side story stuff. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's canon and I'm a fool. Well, it is a side story. It is a Gaiden. And it is like a... It, it, it's a spinoff, and it's based off of, from, from what I, my understanding is, it's based off of the alternate universe that we see in The Disappearance. So it's like, it's not, it, it is canon, but it's also like its own kind of alt world. I, I think much. it's okay to not That's cover it. That's too much. Yeah. We, we, we've got to, we got to move forward. Series are ahead of us, not behind us. Yeah. You can't start making a bunch of different series set in the same world or an alternate world of something we've seen. I got other stuff to watch, Okay. Don't do that. But maybe we'll come back to it at some point. Yeah, thanks, David. <laughs> yeah, we might cover it at some point. Yeah, yeah thanks, David. Yeah. Hey, thanks, David, thanks so much. David, we really appreciate you. That was a um, comment posted by the statue of David. Yes, that was actually really great because, like, you know- uh, He's big. I, we've talked I about know this. he had a last name, Armstrong. Yeah, well, his, <laughs> you seen his arms? They're I fucking, guess they are pretty big. He's he's jacked, yeah. this guy. Um. And I think I did talk about this on the show uh, when I went, but uh, I was like scared to see him, kind of <laughs> like David, because I didn't realize I, I thought he was like people sized. I didn't realize he was like seventeen feet tall. Yeah. So I was like kind of just like nervous. He's a he's an he's a titan. Yeah. He's an Attack on Titan mm. titan, <laughs> but really pretty kind. He's, he's beautiful, and the hands, the details that I was really it's it's you got to see yeah, art's really the cool. Look pretty fucked up. But I can't. He looks cool. I can't yeah. tell you how many uh, uh, fascist adjacent. TikToks I've seen where people are talking about like Michelangelo's brilliance is is part of the Western canon of art, oh, and if you if you, if you if you notice the uh, the uh, tension of this one ligament up the arm on his statues, that's a detail that only Michelangelo Alpha. could have seen. <laughs> and you're like, nah, I know what you're coding here, but yeah, really strange. Um, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't stop trying to ruin everything. Yeah, I am amazed that that at the just just on uh, uh, separate from that point, I like like the anatomical mastery of like artists and sculptors and and yeah. painters of like yeah. When when I, I watched this guy do a demonstration of he was like drawing an eyeball once and he was like and there's actually like this little ligament here that attaches to your lens. I was like that's crazy. This dude's thinking about eye ligaments. He's like fucking drawing them. 
as or rendering that that like their their existence as part of his his realistic drawing. Now, why do we think the phrase "eye ligament" is the worst thing I've ever heard? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> because it's one of the words, like if if you put the the verb tear in front of something, mm-hmm. you can tell how grotesque it is. So if you tear your eye ligament, oh, you're like, oh no, that that's sounds nasty. horrible. But yeah. if you if you uh, if you tear your uh, your shirt, not so bad. Not so yeah. bad. I would be pretty upset still, though. I got to be honest. You tear your tooth. Oof. That sounds painful. <laughs> Ugh. Like the tooth ripped. Or did you say out. tooth ribs? Tooth ripped. Ugh. Ugh. Tooth ribs. <laughs> maybe a fi- maybe affixing ribs is the new thing. You put ribs as a suffix. That's how yeah. disgusting it is. I, yeah, yeah maybe uh, add a few, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to stop you. Um, <laughs> this next one. <laughs> uh, this next one's from Callum. Hi, Callum. Hi, Callum. Started watching Callum? Vinland Saga. Oh, yeah, interesting. Callum? I see two L's, though, so I think that's Callum. Cal- 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 Gollum. 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 It's probably Gollum. Pronounce Gollum. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of my precious in here. Wait, we're gonna. Wait. Here's what I'll say. We're going to take a swing with, pronunci- with pronouncing your, your name. So if you have a preferred pronunciation, just include it in your post, and we'll try our best to abide yeah. by it. Yeah. If you want to stop us from going off like we are right now, <laughs> tell us how to say it. <laughs> Give it he's, you said Vinland Saga. I need to hear it. I yes. need to hear it. Okay. Started watching my precious Vinland Saga per the my precious pod's I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> it took me a moment. Started watching Vinland Saga per the pod's recommendation, and now I'm almost finished season two. It's definitely wow. a tone shift, and I fully understand why fans of season one might not vibe with season two, but it's a masterpiece. It's an all-time anime for me. Prayer Blazing hands. through season two. That rocks. I, Way to go, Callum. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate and value your time spent with Vinland Saga, both seasons one and two. I'm 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 grateful to hear from you. Please keep watching. The show fucking rules. Wow. <laughs> uh this next one uh is from Kevin Ela. Hi Kevin. Hi Kevin. Sup, Kevin. Sup. 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 Hell yeah. What's up, Kevin? Uh when Kion's alarm clock went off for the second time, my blood ran cold. My heart sank in my chest, blasted through the door, and injured my downstairs neighbor. All of my hopes and aspirations turned fallow. I thought we were back in a time loop. I cannot believe what wow. this show has done to me. <laughs> yeah. I so we threw out the possibility that the movie was going to be a loop. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there I had the same feeling when the alarm went off again and he f- sort of fell out of bed or whatever. Yeah. I was like motherfuckers. <laughs> Which would have been the funny the funniest conclusion to the Endless 8 was not Let's do our homework together. It was let's spend millions of dollars animating this at a motion a motion picture feature budget. Yeah, to do one more loop Absolutely. would have been really funny. Uh, yeah, it, it hadn't occurred to me, but I could see how if that's like something you picked up on, how horrific it would have been mm. uh, as like as a concept. Mm. Uh, this next one is from John Stevenson. 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 Hello, John. Hi, John. Probably Stevenson. Probably Stevenson, huh? Maybe. That tricky PHV sound. You PHs know? are usually vs, but not always. But not always. Sometimes you'll get like a Stephen Curry. I like Japanese curry. 
That was really good, Heather. Thank you. I do like Japanese curry. I made it for dinner two nights ago. And then, yeah. of course, got the leftover curry last night. What was that? What protein did you do? Chicken. Chicken thighs. Oh, yeah. Potato, carrot, onion. Mm. I've become like a chicken thigh like evangelist. Chicken yeah. thighs are so good. They're so good. I, it's like everyone why? talks about chicken breast. No, chicken Big thighs deal. are great. When you're a kid, why are you told not to eat the thigh? I don't understand the, one. the affinity for like white meat in America because it's just like I feel like it's like less tender and it's it's less juicy and it's blander. I just give me that dark meat. Give me that dark meat. What That's was... the official stance of the podcast. <laughs> what was the comment? <laughs> uh, it was us uh, just reading the man's name. Uh, <laughs> we hadn't gotten to it yet. Uh, but uh, but John writes, I think the correct viewing order is season one in broadcast order. Completely ignore season two. Then go straight to the movie. Then anytime someone even mentioned the endless eight, you put your fingers in your ears and start screaming until they stop talking or leave. <laughs> hmm. Again, I think we covered this, but I, I, I really feel like Kion's act at like his forward action in the mm-hmm. film is predicated by the endless eight. I think so. I think look. But if it had been endless four or hell, even endless five, I think I would have uh felt less sick. Yeah. It still would have gotten the point across. Yeah. That's that's the whole thing. It's like they, they they do it you know what this isn't a perfect example, but I kind of feel this way about The Last of Us Two, even though I like that game. What are you about is, to say? Watch your fucking I feel like every, watch yourself. What they accomplish fucking emotionally watch yourself. What they, that where Abby the, could even well, be where that the size. fuck are you going what with they, this? What they accomplish with <laughs> Abby in the first flashback oh. does ninety percent of the work in terms of the emotional like payoff of that that game. Okay. And and I feel like the extended as much as I enjoyed playing through act the the three acts the three days of Abby's storyline I feel like that like you could still have the same emotional payoff the same catharsis with just like that first little chunk nope. of gameplay a lot more fun nope. than the endless eight but nope. what's the nope what's the snowball about I think the only way that the final <laughs> we, we gotta enter spoiler country we're, yeah. we're on the wrong fucking co- podcast for this we should this is a video game conversation mm-hmm. but the the final fight Spoiler country, yeehaw. If you haven't played Last of Us Part 2, stop fucking listening. <laughs> but I got to take Nick to task. Mm-hmm. Um, the final fight only works if you have spent equal amounts of time playing as both protagonists because you have you 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 have the legacy of of Ellie's character from the first game, so right. she is your primary protagonist but it is only through spending an entire game playing as Abby that you come to a place where you absolutely do not want to stab her because even if you have that backstory like even if you get that like oh it's it was my dad yeah, yeah it's yeah. my dad I, I couldn't do you like even then you're still maining Ellie so you're like fucking drive that knife into that into that woman's eyeball but instead you've spent all this time with both of them and, and their families and their collective tribes and yes. then you're like I can't I, I don't want this fight to happen you the player are divorced from the actions on screen and are also forced to participate in the actions giving you a catharsis of violence in a game n- that is exclusively violent. I thought it kind of overstayed its welcome. You, and I think you. The, I don't think that fight pays off what? in the way that you're saying. Like I think I think it's all fun to play. I think the gameplay is all really fun. What? But I think story wise, it makes like, it makes my wife cry uh-huh. to talk about the fight. Okay. What the fuck? What? 
I don't know. I was like, I was like, okay. But here's here's what I'll say. I think it's all well done. It's all well executed. And I think that rattler, like that that again, we're talking about this game over being a little too long. I think that too rattler. Long. I think that rattler. <laughs> hey, I played through this game in its entirety twice, back to back. So like, I, I spent a lot of time with it. I did really enjoy it. That 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 coda with the rattlers is like the fun, like the, one of the funnest sections of the games to play. The game to play, but to me, it just also feels like narratively unnecessary. And the same sort of thing with like like spending so much time with Abby. I think just pacing wise, it kind of uh, it, it it starts to to stretch out a little bit. The other thing I will say is I I want to say something. Yeah. Nick is currently covered in spaghetti sauce. <laughs> so what? <laughs> I love my paschetti. Yeah. Tastes good. Uh, you bet you weren't prepared for a so what, were you, Heather? Now what? <laughs> oh, excuse me. My meatball rolled on the floor. Um, it's a – so he, here's what I say. I, I get your point. I think that it just – we you – to tie this into the Endless Eight – I think that like I like I as I was experiencing, I was just like I fucking get it. I get the point you're making. I get what you're doing by having me play with the dog that I already killed as another character. But also, what Ellie does in her arc is so abominable, and you already are kind of crossing that Ludo narrative, you know, dissonance threshold of like this character is like now torturing people, and I don't want to do this, but I'm compelled to do it because that's the that's what the where the game is is pushing me towards. Uh, that's the thing I have to do in order to progress. I have to kill this dog, or I cannot progress any further and so to me i'd already like 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 went through that journey with ellie i'd already seen her descent into madness driven by uh, a quest of vengeance which is so much a vinland saga um and so i was like eh, i feel like we're just retreading the same ground here even though i like the gameplay playing as abby is very very fun i i didn't mind executing the dog <laughs> <laughs> All right, like this- I killed a lot of dogs in that game. <laughs> fucking merkin dogs. Uh, this last one is from Simon. All right, hi Simon. Hi Simon. Uh, and this is we we asked for a, uh, a chain reaction specifically like this. I didn't watch along with this series. I find anime hard to get into if I find the art style unappealing, and the look of this show didn't click for me at all. Still, it was fascinating to learn about this series that was at one time a huge hit and is now relatively obscure, and some of the swings it took sounded truly wild. Of everything you guys discussed, the Endless 8 arc seemed like the most interesting slash original part of the show, but I'm glad I didn't watch it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a trek. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the show. Yeah, thank you. Uh, While I'm curious what kind of art style... Let's you cross that threshold. Yeah. Because, like, if you're like, oh, it's got to look like Berserk, then, you know, I, I think that that's a, an interesting blind spot for us as a podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess the look of a show is part of the, yeah. like, the difficulty of, of like, you, when you watch a TV show, they look mm. like people. Yeah, yeah, they kind of look like they, people. They, like, they all look like people. Yeah. But with anime, it's like, oh, this one looks like... Grim dark. This one looks like poppy and, and yeah. beautiful. I mean, but they're different aesthetics in live action. You know, they're they're more stylized yeah, shows. But, but their people are always got basically a face. Mm. I mean, there's like Rorschach and Watchmen. <laughs> uh, tell that to Gus Fring at a certain point. Yeah, that's true. There's the blank in Dick Tracy. <sighs> and uh, you know, speaking of art styles, they look like people. I wonder if Simon likes The Simpsons. 
Mm. They look like people, huh? That would be wild if it was like, oh, it's got to look more like The Simpsons. Because yeah. I immediately was like, it's got to look more violent. Yeah. Like, oh, that's too much. Uh, yeah. I, I, make it look like The Simpsons. They got to look dark and sad. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that was it for this week's Chain Reactions. Wow. Thanks for everybody uh, for writing in and uh, helping us close the book on uh, Haruhi Suzumiya. It's over. It's over. It's done. It's done. Dusted. We'll never talk about it again. Next week, we're talking about the disappearance of Harui Suzumiya. <laughs> 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 we got animated. <laughs>